Right to be read podcast, episode number 42. Interview with Joanna Pan. You are listening to the Right to be read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be read podcast. I'm your host, Annie Alexander, and I would like to start the show by saying that I'm really thankful for every single one of you who are listening to this show. You really bring uh, motivation and enthusiasm to carry on continuing producing the show, and I really appreciate every single one of you. I really appreciate every feedback, every review, and every new subscriber. Thank you very much. I think by now you all already know that I love receiving emails from you. And when I was looking back at my recent emails, I ended up realizing that most of you are, although are phrasing the question in very different various ways, but are basically asking the same thing over and over again. And the question is the following. You wrote a book, so now what? What you should do? Uh, how you should publish the book, what, what you should consider, what you should decide upon, etc., etc. So um, in the very beginning, I was replying to all the emails and I will continue doing that. But since the same question was coming up over and over again, I decided that it would be nice to come up with one general resource which you can refer to. So I ended up writing an e-book about this question and sharing um, basically most of the things I know around the topic and most of the things I think can help you with the issue. And um, so if you have written a book and you don't know what to do next, please go over to www.annealexander.com slash free and you will get the ebook for free which will um, hopefully answer to all your questions you have concerning your book you've written and what to do with it next. If you still will have any questions which were not covered in the book, please feel free to email me at ani, A-N-I, at anialexander.com and I will help you out and try to answer to all the questions you still have left. So once again, www.annealexander.com. And now I would like to introduce my very special guest. Her name is Joanna Pan. She is the New York Times and USA Today best-selling author of Thrillers on the Edge, as well as best-selling non-fiction author for writers. Joanna's site for writers, thecreativepan.com, Pan spelled by double N, with double N has been voted one of the top 10 sites for the writers three years running. She is a professional speaker on creative entrepreneurship, digital publishing, and internet marketing, and was voted one of the Guardian UK Top 100 Creative Professionals 2003. Well, uh, Joanna, I'm really happy to have you over to my show and uh, I'm really excited that you agreed to be interviewed. Uh, thank you very much and welcome to The Right to be Read. Thank you for having me, Annie. It's always great to be on a podcast. 
<laughs> well, um, I, um, I'm very excited to talk to you because you're the perfect example of someone who combines many different things, including the creative right, fiction writing, nonfiction writing, uh, the um, author entrepreneurship, which is a big challenge for many writers these mm -hmm. days, and many, many different things. So, um, and uh, I mean, I would like to mention that you are uh, successful in all those spheres, which is a very, <laughs> you know, exclusive thing because many people, you know, are concentrated on one of those and you're doing so many different things and are successful in all of those so what I would like to start with is you know just a background story of uh, how did you end up being a writer and doing what you're doing right now uh, what did you do before did you have a job or you know what was your path how did you end up being where you are now Sure. Well, uh, like most people, I didn't start out this way. I, um, I was an IT consultant for 13 years, working in uh, large corporates and also smaller companies uh, in the accounts payable departments, which is just, uh, for, for anyone who might know what that is, it's pretty, pretty boring. So, I, <laughs> I, you know, I was in that uh, corporate world, cubicle slave, whatever you want to call it, um, for a number of years. But, it, you know, like most uh, of jobs, like that it paid very well um I was a consultant I traveled a lot around Europe and uh, Asia Pacific and uh so I had a really good life uh and I was doing everything you're meant to do you know they tell you at university or your parents say this is what a proper job should be you mm -hmm. know and, and um you know, I had a house and I had a car and I, I was living this kind of life where everybody said, that's, you know, you're doing so well. That's what you want to do. Right. And I was, and I actually, I was really miserable and I, I didn't enjoy my job at all. You know, I just found it really, you know, I wasn't being creative. I felt there was something missing. And, um, so I started, I, I spent quite a lot of time starting other businesses on the side whilst I kept my day job. And I started a scuba diving company in New Zealand. Wow. I did some, um, yeah, I did some prop property investing and um, doing up property in Australia uh, and some other various things. But I, I didn't find what I really was passionate about um, and then in the end, I decided to write a book that would help me understand what I was doing. And um, uh, that was called How to Enjoy Your Job, which I actually rewrote a couple of years ago as Career Change. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is a, it, available now as Career Change. But essentially, I wanted to figure out how, how do you understand you get there and the, in the process of writing that book I discovered you know it really helped me focus on what I enjoyed which was I love reading you know I love books I love um that part of of culture so I it, that really just kick-started my journey and then I spent three years learning how to write how to publish how to do book marketing um I learned about public speaking uh, so that basically three years part-time and then three years ago I went full-time so I've just passed my three-year anniversary as a full-time author entrepreneur and um, now I'm a professional speaker and uh, fiction author and non-fiction author as you said and uh, yeah and also I, I do blogging as well you know I started out 
with blogging and making money uh, on the internet as such. So I do a number of different things and um, which I really enjoy. But I spent, you know, a good 13 years in the corporate world. So um, and then three years working part time to get, you know, to somewhere where I was close to being able to give up my job. Oh, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned three years because uh, during these interviews, I'm getting these uh, three years very often. It seems that you know the three-year uh, period is quite common. Um, you know, uh, common period to get there. Uh, mm. Everyone says that you know it takes at least three years. So you know it, this uh, period is very <laughs> interesting that you mentioned it too. Yeah, and I think for many people it can take a lot longer, but it it really depends on what your goal is. So my goal was always to give up my job and to do something else. But when I gave up my job, I was earning a lot less money than mm -hmm. when I had a day job. So we actually sold the house, sold the car, you know, really downsized, got rid of all our debts in order that I could give up my job and um, you know, do this kind of life. So I was very willing to do that. But I know a lot of people are not willing to do that because, you know, they have a lot of bills or, you know, or whatever. And it's not necessary to do it that way. Um, and then I would say, and then I've been full time for three years, but I still think I've got another couple of years before I, you know, I hit um, a kind of mature business uh, mm -hmm. sort of sort of level. So in another couple of years, I will have been writing for eight years altogether. And it's interesting because I, um, you know, there's the theory of the 10,000 hours where you, you'd have to learn your craft and, yeah. um, you know, and then other people say a million words published uh, before you can earn a decent living. Um, so it's, uh, it's really interesting how many different routes there are to success, but you kind of have to define what success is, or you never know when you get there. Yeah, exactly. You have to know where you are going to. And, you mm. know, so when you're already there, you know that you've reached the point and don't overdo it too much. Yeah, exactly. On. So you are writing both fiction and nonfiction, which is not very common among writers because usually they stick to one and there aren't many who are writing both. So uh, can you tell me how you feel about those? What are the differences and which one is easier or, or you know, um, more fun or exciting? I mean, how do you feel about those two different writing routes? Uh, they're both, they're just very different aspects of my personality and my business model really um uh, fiction is you know a, a long-term game really uh it's it's much harder to market fiction so you need more books um mm -hmm. but when you have more books those stories uh can sell forever there's you know they don't go out of date you know you can always sell books Mm -hmm. uh you know you can always sell stories so there's there's pros and cons uh from a business sense and then um non-fiction I like to help people so my books are primarily written to help people but also uh for me to work out what I'm thinking about things so my last book business for authors how to be an author entrepreneur was me thinking about how 
I run my business and kind of, you know, about strategy and, you know, the different people I work with in my business and, you know, all the different aspects of running a business as a creative professional. So I wrote it down, uh, you know, to help me think about it, but also to help other people who want to run a business as an author. Um, And how to market a book I wrote because I was learning about book marketing. And so for me, writing nonfiction helps me think about things and also helps other people and they those books sell very well because I also have a blog that is at my target market uh, which is authors <laughs> at mm-hmm. the create uh, the creative pen and my my fiction which is kind of different and it's a bit darker it's kind of action adventure and um bit bit of crime that type of thing uh I write you know in a very different sort of mindset uh and for for a different audience basically so I really love having both in my life and I'm also as I said I'm a a professional speaker which again is a very different side of my personality so Mm -hmm. I think what what's brilliant about the life we can live now as you know online you know we can make money in lots of different ways and we don't have to be constrained into you you know you can only do one thing you know which you when you have a a day job you often end up as a uh, somebody who specializes in one particular thing um and that can get really boring after after yeah. a while yeah. Whereas, <laughs> yeah whereas what I do now is you know I'm so I just finished writing business for authors I did a book launch I've been doing some speaking now I'm writing my next novel after the novel I'll you know do a bit more speaking and you know so I'm there I'm I can never see myself being bored hopefully for the rest of my life which is awesome uh, it's, it's really great. Uh, and yes, the day job actually, you know, eats up most of your day and the energy and you, you know, even if you would like to do something else, you don't really have that opportunity so much. So um, as you mentioned, you have different audiences for your fiction and nonfiction. Uh, so how did you do that? Did you build those two parallel to each other separately or there is any way to link those together? How are you dealing with that issue? Uh, well, when I started the creativepen.com, my, my website, I was only writing nonfiction. I didn't ever think I would write fiction. That's something that happened at, later on. And I, I credit blogging with with this. Um, I, I really believe in the power of of blogging and writing words that you put out in public uh, as a way to really free your voice up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I only started writing fiction about a year or so, 18 months into my nonfiction kind of business. And um, so I guess I had a little bit of an audience through the creative pen because I, I blogged about my first novel and uh, if anyone wants a laugh because there are some really old videos um, you, can, <laughs> uh, you can go to the creativepen.com forward slash first novel and I go through my first NaNoWriMo which is National Novel Writing Month and um, it's a very it, it's so I look at it now and I, I can't believe how much I've learned since then <laughs> but, but essentially I uh, I guess I had some initial audience through blogging about it publicly and some people came over but then in general I think fiction my fiction kind of brand has grown and um, mainly fiction you sell by writing more fiction and being on the various book uh, sites you know Amazon and Kobo whatever and doing promotions that appeal to fiction readers who are generally not 
you know, if with nonfiction, it's very easy because you can write a blog post on, you know, business for authors and then have a link to your book about mm-hmm. business for authors. But fiction is very different. Uh, so you have to kind of go about that in a different way. But equally, I think about it as a much more of a long term uh, business. So, the, you know, nonfiction, you often launch and and then, you know, they, things might go on selling, but you have to update them over time, whereas the, the fiction just kind of keeps on building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand what you mean. So, um, I mean, there are many people uh, among my listeners who are um, either writing their first book or just finished writing their first book. And since they don't really know very well what they should do next, I guess the the first dilemma they come across is uh, traditional publishing versus self-publishing. And uh, they they both are completely different routes. And um, which one would you recommend in, in for newbie writers, and why? Uh, well, I don't do traditional publishing, so I wouldn't be somebody who could uh, compare the two. I can't imagine doing that because I don't like being told what to do. I don't like other people uh, being in control of my life um that's one of the reasons I didn't want to stay in a day job um uh and one of the biggest problems with traditional publishing and why a lot of authors are so unhappy is that they don't have any control so you know they don't have control over the title or the cover or how it's marketed or the price or anything really so um I can't I can't tell people about um traditional publishing because I don't uh I don't really do it. Um, I think if you if you are if you want if you've only got one book, I think probably my overwhelming advice is if you've only got one book, what, however you go about this, you need another book. Uh, one book is never going to uh-huh. uh, make any kind of impact um, on on much. If you get a traditional book deal, they'll probably want a two book deal or a three book deal, so you have to write another book anyway. Uh-huh. And if you if you want to self publish you're going to need more than one book. <laughs> so so I would say, you know, while if you, if you have only got one book or you're writing your first book, think about, um, you can think about your options and have a look at your options. And there's lots and lots and lots online about what people think. Um, but while you're thinking, start writing the next book and then you'll be in a much better position um, regardless of what happens um, over time. Yeah, it's funny you said that because just a few minutes ago I was talking to a peer writer and we were discussing this issue about traditional publishing and self-publishing and I was exactly telling this, this that, you know, I have this analogy of traditional publishing being the corporate and mm. the self-publishing being the entrepreneurship. So depending, I mean, for, for me too, I mean, uh, I think that the self-publishing is, is closer to my personal and to the way I'm viewing things mm. so uh, entrepreneurship is kind of closer to me and uh, me too I quit my corporate job three years ago um, so you know when you were telling about your story we uh, I related a lot <laughs> yeah exactly and I think if people um, if people are worried that they're not an entrepreneurial character at the moment the other thing is you can grow into that over time so I mean you know when you first give up your day job Um, you're a bit unsure of yourself it's like okay 
there's nobody telling me what to do anymore. That's that's kind of strange, and it's and and that's brilliant. But equally, you have to learn to run your life in a different way. So you have to learn how to, you know, make your own list of what you want to work on and what project you're going to work on next. And it, things are very different. And so, and the same thing with self-publishing or in being an indie author, which is how I prefer to say, because I ha- I actually work with eleven people. I don't, you know, none of us do this by ourselves. Um, and then uh, essentially, you can grow in to this over time I've got a, an article about this on my blog it's called the arc of the indie author journey uh, from first book to CEO of your global media empire um, and and because it really is an arc it's like a story arc in a in a novel you know you go from the, when you write your first book you, all you're worried about is finishing the book and then getting a publishing deal um, but when you, what happens when you finally finish that book is you realize you've only just started um, and and it's so funny you know I've got uh, 12 books now and I'm just finishing my 13th and and yet for me it's like I feel like I'm only just at the beginning <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm constantly learning from people who are way ahead of me on the journey so we have to think of it as this journey and this 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 um, this career path and we're all on it somewhere but in terms of if people are right at the beginning then the best thing you can do is to just start writing another book yeah exactly and so these 11 people you are working with they are all writers you're like kind of you know cooperating together as writers or um... no 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 as in I pay them so I have ah, okay, yes. I, I have a couple of editors I have a, a cover designer graphic designer I have a bookkeeper I have a virtual assistant um, you know I have all kinds of people that I work with who in in my business okay, um, yeah. because that's what that's what I mean the term self-publishing is completely wrong these days because most authors will pay for editing and they'll pay for cover design um so that's you know that's too you know I don't employ these people I I pay them as freelancers mm-hmm. and um in order to have a professional product um and then like I have a technical guy who helps me with my blog and uh, you know there's just all yeah. kinds of all kinds of different people that you work with if you run your own business and and that's essentially what authors do now you run your own business yeah and it's very important because apparently I mean you can't do everything yourself perfectly so you know Mm. there are always people who do it better and you know it's better to concentrate on the writing part and if you can afford freelancing uh, outsourcing uh, these uh, tasks then it will free lots of time for you and and free your mind for writing your books yeah exactly I mean you can't I personally, I think paying someone for a cover design is the the smartest marketing you can do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you, so many authors try and make their own, and they're just appalling. And then, of course, paying for an editor—if your book isn't any good, then it's going to go nowhere. And most agents now, most agents and publishers will expect authors to have already gone through editing before they submit their manuscript. So, yeah. again, editing is something you would do regardless of of how you're going to publish. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So no, and and these days um, people do judge books with their covers. I mean, at least the cover is what attracts them first to mm. to look at the book and to pay attention to it. And even if the book is perfect, if the cover is not good enough, people might not even notice it, and it, it's a pity. So of course, mm. I I do agree that cover is very very important. So uh, how do you manage all these things at once? I mean. How how do you stay productive? How do you manage to to be on track? Do you have any any special things that help you out to to be um, you know to to manage everything at the way you do? Uh, I I guess I, I I have a couple of things. Um, I obviously make sure that every day I'm uh, writing something or or creating something new in my business. So today, for example, I did. Uh, this morning, two and a half thousand words on my next novel. Um, then this afternoon, and then I had a business meeting. So that was, you know, a meeting. And then I'm talking to you. So this counts as marketing. <laughs> and I have a lot of emails. So email is a big part of my day. Um, and that counts kind of as marketing and also as relationships. And, um, you know, we all have to do that type of thing. Um, so, but essentially, it's mostly in the morning I do creative things and in the afternoon I do more marketing things and um but every day I have to create something so I count that so I was in Frankfurt last weekend speaking at the Frankfurt book fair and that counts as creating something and also marketing because you know you just never know what's going to happen um but I do keep a timesheet. I use um office time app on my phone uh and that's it's just it keeps you kind of accountable uh, you know, if you start the clock when you do some social media and then you look at the clock and you realize you've been on Twitter for an hour, <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah. you know, that is not a very good use of your time. Or if, like you say, a lot of people listening will have day jobs. Um, what I did when I had a day job is I would I got up at half past five and I wrote for an hour before I went to work. Uh-huh. Um, that was the only way I could actually create something because once I got to work, I was going to be too tired to do anything else. So, I find the timesheet is really useful because it keeps me accountable. And then I also have on my wall, I have a wall calendar where I write my word count every day and um, and I get a sticker if I go over 2,000 words. So I've got, you know, like for children, yeah. you've got children, the haven't stars. you? Yeah, yeah. I, have a, I have a son. So you yeah, can, so yeah. I do that. Um, stars, it, it, hearts and, you know. Yeah, I get nice a sticker. <laughs> So if I do over 2,000 words, I get a sticker. And it just, it, these little things, you know, we have to motivate ourselves um, and and get to get through the difficult parts. Uh, so that that's what I do. Yeah, and it's a challenge, right? Because you, you have so many different projects, first of all, and then you have your personal life as well. So it's, you know, you're kind of balancing the projects in between themselves and then the, the personal life with the business and with mm. the writing. So, it's I mean, you, you've got plenty of uh, things to juggle with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, you, you think, oh, if only I could go full time and then I would just have all day to write and it doesn't work like that at all. But no, I love, I think, I, you know, I love everything. I love all the parts of my life. I really enjoy being an author entrepreneur. I think it, I 
don't think I could just be a fiction writer. Mm-hmm. You know, I really enjoy helping people and I enjoy my own podcast and, you know, I, I enjoy all the other stuff I do as well. So I think it's important, uh, probably the number one thing for people to think about is who they are and what what they are like as a person um you know uh, are you an introvert or an extrovert and uh, how do you like to what is what would your perfect day look like and if you want to leave your job what what aspects of your job do you enjoy so for me uh, traveling is a big part of what I enjoy to do so I have to make sure that I schedule traveling into my my mm-hmm. life um, which, you know, I tend to do a lot of speaking or, or I do book research trips, for example. So it's really important to consider what you want your life and your lifestyle to be before you make the jump out of your day job. Um, you know, so if having a lot of money immediately is important, don't give up your day job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's just, you know, a matter of how much you are willing to sacrifice for the beginning, for the first years. And if you're not ready to sacrifice a lot, then you should stick around for a while <laughs> before you end up. And I think, I mean, when, when I left my job, the biggest risk I had uh, was, you know, not to be forced to go back to another job I mean this was like the scariest thing I had like you know if things Mm. don't work out immediately you I ended up panicking and thinking that maybe it won't work so I will end up just you know be just going back to where I escaped and um, that was the scaring part so I I took kind of you know filled my days with different projects to make sure that at least one at a time will will succeed and I will move forward yeah, exactly. It's it's really important, and and I think it like any business, it takes longer than you think um, yeah. to to become you know successful. As in, define what you mean by successful. <laughs> uh, and you can and things change all the time in this business. So I think you know you have to be willing to learn and adapt as you as you go on. Yeah, exactly. So how do I think this is a very important point, uh, uh, keeping your audience engaged. So in your case, we have two different audiences. How do you deal with each of them and how do you get them engaged? Um, I suppose it uh, depends on what you mean by engaged. Um, I, I tend to put out content. Uh, more than anything mm-hmm. um, so for my nonfiction, I have a blog and I have a podcast and I use Twitter and then my and I have a newsletter and then for fiction I have I basically put books out and I have a newsletter and um, that's pretty much it so I, I don't I think putting out books I mean I, you've got to think about what you want as a person personally as a reader I don't actually interact much with authors uh-huh. <laughs> you know I buy books of authors I like and and I don't necessarily need to be interacting with them all the time um so but that will depend on what you do I know you you write more romance don't you uh, well, it's it's yeah, it's female fiction, a bit of romance, uh, but yeah, some, some yeah. something in between <laughs> those two. So I think the romance authors do a lot more with their audiences than than thriller and action adventure. Um, the romance writers do seem to have a very uh, you know intimate relationship with their 
um, readers on Facebook, for example, um, that type of thing. Yeah, it I, seems so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think you have to, again, you have to consider what you're like as a person. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of Facebook. I love Twitter. So for me to do Facebook is, you know, I, I would rather be writing. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, you know, I am on Facebook and I do Facebook once a day, but Twitter is where I enjoy interacting. And also I do quite a bit on email. So I think you just have to you have to think about who you're what your personality is like and what you want to do um, to connect with people. You definitely have to do something. Uh, but what you do is is really up to you. Uh, since you mentioned newsletter for your fiction audience as well, I mean, getting uh, an email list for from fiction readers is quite difficult. Uh, how how did you deal with that? Uh, the best thing is when you're just starting out, whatever you're writing is at the back of your book, put thank you for joining me, uh, you know, or thank you for reading this. I hope you enjoyed the book. And uh, you can sign up here to um, hear about my next book. So when you first start, the very best thing is to grow your list through your books. Uh-huh. Um, and that's basically mostly how I've grown the jfpen.com email list. Uh, so slowly, but, you know, over time, it, it builds up. And uh-huh. I occasionally blog on that site and do interviews with authors and stuff um but mostly it's organic growth from the back of the books Uh for for fiction uh and then I do a monthly newsletter and in there I recommend uh books that I've been reading and uh I you know have some links to some interviews and I have some pictures from my research and you know that type of thing um but essentially for me I mean what I've learned through with fiction and non-fiction is they're so different and you can sell non-fiction through blogging and through um you know online typical online marketing but with fiction the really the best thing is to just write more books mm-hmm. um so that that's really the difference but between the two yeah and that's why as you mentioned um fiction is a long-term strategy and it takes much more time mm. than than the non-fiction but but the, i mean the great thing is with fiction is if when once a reader finds you and they might find you on book you know book eight um if they like your voice they may well go back and, and read everything you've you've yeah. done uh whereas with non-fiction uh people may find a book and they want that book because they want the answer so for example somebody might want to read how to market a book but they don't want to read business for authors Uh um they're not going to just buy that book because i wrote it they're actually going to buy it because it's useful um so that you're unlikely to get non-fiction audiences reading everything you've ever done whereas with fiction you can get readers for life basically so again it's a very different business model and um i know talking business models is quite advanced uh but it is it is something to consider when you're going down this route um and also you know just uh if i may comment on your book so i'm just looking at your your books now on your site so your books look like they're three different books yeah would that be right so they're three completely different yeah that's that's the problem i mean um but that's the problem i have with these books because they they are completely different and their audiences are different as well yeah so so that's a that, and that's a classic 
kind of what happens to people. So my, you know, and again, with fiction, the best marketing would be to write three books in the same series, or at least three books that the same type of people will want to buy, and then brand them so that they look the same. And then people may well buy all three. So that, you know, that type of, that type of marketing is almost like the marketing is built into the book, you know, and you do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, unfortunately, I found out about all that after I had all these three books out. So I'm kind of... <laughs> oh, no, and that, we all learn that stuff. So, But what's great is you can learn it now and then um, you can write exactly so you know I'm yeah. right now I'm not writing anything yet because I'm trying to understand you know which type of book I, books I want to concentrate on which ones I, I enjoy most writing so since I can't figure it out yet I decided to to take a break I understand that for once <laughs> and then only continue writing the books that's why I mean it, it looks quite um, chaotic at this point no I but... think it's, it's great and but that what you've done what's happened to you is exactly what happens to a lot of people it happened to me as well I wasn't even writing fiction um and then I went down that route so it you know and that wasn't a criticism at all I hope you don't feel that this is this is just a classic example of of what most authors do um and but for you to decide as well one thing if people want to have a look at is um authorearnings.com I don't know if you've seen that no Uh, yeah authorearnings.com it's a website um, started by Hugh Howie who wrote Wool which Uh is a massive massive bestseller and it essentially breaks down the sales figures on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and tells you how much money you can expect to make in each genre Uh so um, that might help you make some kind of decision yeah well yeah (laughs) I mean, I I know now from these three books which is more popular and which mm. was easier to market and sell, let's say, and which yeah. got better feedback. So that that I already know, uh, but of course, you know, it's always nicer to check with from different aspects and then decide. So um, uh, you you mentioned you were in Frankfurt Book Fair and it, it's something really really big for for the book industry. Um, so um, what's the importance of the book fairs and indie writers? What role do they have in those fairs? Because uh, somehow people have this stereotype that these kind of fairs are more for traditional publishers. And, uh, uh, no, they are. They are definitely. I, they are for traditional publishers. That I I go as a professional speaker, mm-hmm. um, so I'm generally paid to go to these things. It's not. Most writers wouldn't bother going to Frankfurt Book Fair for okay, sure. Okay, so for indie publishers, uh, for yeah, for indie writers, it's it's not something they should be interested in. At this, well, this I mean, it's it's interesting to go. You know, if you live in Frankfurt or you live near enough, it's worth going to have a look. Yeah, um, but business-wise, no. <laughs> business-wise, no. I mean, London Book Fair now, the last couple of years, we've started to do things uh, that are more for writers. Um, but it's more of a networking thing. You know, there's uh-huh. I, I, but I tend to speak at these things. So that's why I go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not um, I'm not going there as an author so much as a speaker. Um, but the, the industry, I'm I find more and more and more that there's no point in indies hanging out with the traditional industry because, as you said, it's like 
an entrepreneur trying to find some common ground with some big corporate company Uh and I increasingly find we just don't have anything in common you know I listened to some of this I was on a panel with this this one guy and I was just listening going I just do not my world is so different to your world that I just don't know how we're on this the same stage together you know I I I, his you know it was all doom and gloom and the world is ending and publishing is just going down the drain and and yet in the world I live in authors are making more and more money they're selling more books they're writing more they're being more creative where you know I sell books in 58 countries you know my it's just amazing what's happening in the for authors and so I think it's it, and also you can get very concerned when you go to these events because there are literally millions of books and it can make you feel very insecure. <laughs> yeah, you can get overwhelmed there. <laughs> yeah, so focus on um, you know really focus on deciding what you want and what your definition of success is, and uh, and learn from people who who are slightly ahead of you on the journey, and be inspired about the possibilities. Okay, and if we want to just wrap up shortly, um, let's let's say someone who who is in corporate who doesn't like his job, you know, mildly said, and who's dreaming to become a writer and knows that it's you know it takes time and it's difficult, but still is willing to 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 do what it takes. Um, what should be like the very first, very important steps he could he should go through um, in the very beginning, like. The starting point. The most important thing, if you haven't finished a book yet, is to finish a book. Forget about anything else. Don't even think about publishing or book marketing or any of that stuff. What you know, you can get way too carried away with learning all that stuff when you haven't finished a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as you've discovered, you know, even if you finish one book, you might then you you know change your mind and want to write something else. Uh, you know, so things like your author branding and, you know, all the type of stuff, like I'm doing translations and audiobooks and all of this stuff is down the road. But if you haven't finished a book, your very, very important thing is to finish a book and work with an editor, work with a professional editor to understand what needs to be improved. Mm -hmm. And uh, I worked with about four editors on my first novel. Uh, You will learn so much by paying professionals to help you um, that that will make your first book much better. So uh, that would, uh, realistically, that's going to be the most important thing. Yeah, and since they are still working, they, you know, they still can afford a good editors yeah exactly (laughs) and that's really important so I when I was still working I I, as I said I was working in the getting up in the morning and working before uh before work and then I joined a write a novel in a year program at a local college Uh which was um there was one kind of Sunday every couple of months where we would all go into to the the place and you know talk about people but what was so fascinating there were 25 people in this class or you know on how to write a novel in a year or you know write a novel in a year not how to we actually the point was that you would finish Uh the year with a novel and the we had to give in some writing near the beginning and and I gave in mine and the, the lady said to me thank you for doing this you know doing this and she said out of this class there will only be a couple of people who will actually finish a book uh-huh. out of 25 and out of the people who finish the book very few will go on and actually do this as a career and I said to her at the time 
I really want this. This is what I'm going to do. And and she said, you know, I, I believe you. And, um, and now, you know, it's so funny. I had an email from someone who was on that uh, course with me and, you know, she's still working on the first book. And this was uh, maybe five, five years ago. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. So this is, so what I would co- really encourage people, don't get distracted by all of the other stuff going on. You know, you can really go down a rabbit hole of all kinds of stuff in this space. Yeah. Just focus on one thing at a time and finish that book and you will feel so proud of yourself. And then if you have finished that book or if you just want to look ahead a little bit, I do have a free uh, ebook on my website um, at the creative pen with a double N, um, the author 2.0 blueprint, and that sort of will tell you a bit about the next step um, uh-huh. uh, that people can find. And uh, yeah, well, I hope that helps. Well, absolutely, it it really does. Well, thank you so much for your time, uh, Joanna. It was it was packed with you know value. It was very interesting and very valuable. So I'm I'm sure people learned a lot and it was inspirational at the same time. So you know I'm I'm very happy about our interview. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me, Annie. And if if people do want to connect, I'm at the Creative Pen on Twitter, and that's pen with a double N. Okay, great. We'll we'll get connected definitely. Well, thank you very much. Um, have a nice what is it afternoon over there? Yes, yeah. yes, Fr- Friday afternoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. So afternoon <laughs> and the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, it was really nice to meet you, Annie. I really enjoyed the interview. Joanna has achieved so many things that her example, her real life example, is truly inspirational. Before I leave you, actually, since I'm committed to providing information which is useful and will help you in your exciting journey of becoming an author, I would like to tell you that it's October 27th today. And what does this mean? Well, it means that NaNoWriMo is just a few days away. For those of you who don't know what NaNoWriMo is, um, it's the National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. So what it is actually, it's a fun seat-of-your-pants approach to creative writing, as they put it. So on November 1st, participants begin working towards the goal of writing 50,000-word novel by November 30th. So in 30 days, they have the challenge of creating 50,000 word novel. So uh, it's really a nice initiative. I personally have done NaNoWriMo in the past two years and ended up with two novels as a result. And um, I would like to tell why I love NaNoWriMo exactly. Um, There are many reasons to love it, but I personally find it as the one of the best accountability tools because you have the challenge, you have the deadline, you have the volume of words that you have to put together and you can track your progress, you get support from peer writers, you go to forums, you can get feedback on the things you've written and... um, you can even, uh, well, it, it wasn't applicable to me because I live in Armenia, but uh, most of the countries have a real uh, live events where you can go and meet 
peer writers and when you can actually um, write together in the same space which is uh, kind of fun as well I think so um, NaNoWriMo uh, at www.nanorimo.org n-a-n-o-w-r-i-m-o.org is a really really nice platform and if you've ever thought about writing a novel I would strongly encourage you to visit the website and to register as a participant for this year. Just push yourself out of the comfort zone and you will see how nice it is. And even if you don't end up writing with a novel, although I wouldn't think that you should, you know, have it in your mind, just make sure that, you know, your mindset is set to winning. But even if you don't manage somehow for some reason to finish the novel or to to get the goal of 50,000 words written in 30 days, you will at least gain a very important thing. And I think this is um, you will establish the habit of writing every day. And that's a very crucial habit for writers because that's what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to write every single day, write something. Well, I may sound quite uh, calm while talking about NaNoWriMo, but um, I would like to share with you the struggle I'm having. I'm actually on... um, I'm actually having a panic attack because um, there are just few days left until NaNoWriMo and I am planning doing it this year too, but I have absolutely no idea yet what I'm going to write about. So I don't have a global idea for the book, I don't have the plot, I don't have anything ready. And... Um, it feels quite scary. It uh, feels uncomfortable. Uh, I'm sharing it with you because I think it's important to know that not everyone is kind of, you know, ready and sat and knows exactly what he's doing. But uh, nevertheless, um, I'm sure that uh, things will turn out well. And... Um, Even if you don't have an idea either, if you are in my shoes, just, you know, try it out. Maybe it will work. Uh, Maybe it won't. I'll I'll share my experiences. I will definitely report how it goes. But for now, just a few days left and I have absolutely no clue what's going to happen, what uh, the book will be about, what I will be writing. But I only know one thing for sure for now that I will be participating in the NaNoWriMo so uh, and once we have the book ready then uh, we will think about what to do next meanwhile uh, make sure to go to www.anialexander.com free and get the free ebook called you've wrote the book now watch And you will get many answers to your question of what to do once the book is ready. Okay, well, that was it. Uh, Brainstorm ideas for a novel. Um, Go and register for NaNoWriMo. Uh, Start maybe working on the plot. And um, I'll see you over there.
Meanwhile, uh, I will continue creating content for you, customized especially to your needs uh, in my website as well as uh, for the podcast. Take care, keep on writing and meet you soon. Bye.